This is music, this is art, and this is black culture. You are listening to Blacks with Blues, where black people, no matter what creed or culture, commune to tell one collective narrative of what it means to be black with the blues. Don't judge a book by its cover if you don't even read. There's no shame in saying that you're not up to speed. No, you're just scared. Yeah, you're just scared. Don't judge a book by its cover if you don't even read. There's no shame in saying that you're not up to speed. No, you're just scared. Yeah, you're just scared. I think I know everything before it happens. Few times I was right, didn't help, and I only made a know it all, know without asking. To the point, if I didn't know the answer, I would make it up like the meaning of a canvas. I never shoot a winner leg with a guess, and I go off on a rant if you say I ain't correct. But that got real old real fast. I think I had a fear about being on the outside or the end while I lure everybody out. I just wanna be the first yelling out, it's about time. I don't have a clue what I'm doing most times when I wake up in the morning. Being fake in the mix, nah, I just rather be real, not knowing. Don't judge a book by its cover if you don't. There's no shame in saying that you're not up to speed No, you're just scared Yeah, you're just scared Yup, 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 yup I was out in that event one time Trying to meet people and such And why stuff where people think you're cool Cause your crew say skipping the line Once I got inside, I was chilling out Trying to fill the vibe, trying to fill it out Filling out a place with a look up on my face Like I wasn't really feeling it much and here she come, looking like she run a blog about here. Let me guess, you don't need me, do yoga every week, and you only hang out here. I digress, I was far from right, she was far from them. We were sober light, there was no pretend, could have lost the gym. Next chapter, begin. Don't judge a book by its cover if you don't even read. There's no shame in saying that you're not up to speed. No, you're just scared. Yeah, you're just scared. Don't judge a book by its cover if you To the hay. 
and we just sit and wait on who can say In the summer, the world is hot as hell as the devil walks up my street and I'm out on my Georgia porch. Scorching the boy with the pen, my hand has been forced. We were meant to be tools of God, but instead we call us a Porsche. Temperature rising, money disguising the fact that we need to discover love in the earth and sky and beyond. Love is what's missing, love don't live here no more. Dear America, please listen, the sound will open the door to new reality. Palpable types of fallacy, live my life young and reckless, but keep that shit on the balance beam. What do you love? Find it, let it consume you, deserve it after the pain you've endured. I know that your pupils have seen hell twisted over and backwards. As soon as we learn to speak, we begin our career as actors. Always agreeing with things we're told to believe in. Time is repeating, somebody knows what is needed. And we made it to the first episode of Blacks with Blues of 2017. I'm your host, Justin Jones, recording to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. Last week, or a couple of weeks ago, actually, we took to Twitter to ask you guys, the listeners, which episode you would be interested in hearing most right off the bat for our month of Black History Month podcast slash extravaganza of just black content. And um, to the listeners' request, you guys chose the Black Queerness in Mass Media and Society. Now, ahead, we have a very great and expansive episode ahead of us with a lot of content. I have a chance to sit down with a very close friend of mine, Avante Corbin, and we speak on Black Queerness in Mass Media as two Black queer individuals. Um, and we just dive into a lot of Black queer content. So, 
if that sounds like something you're into <laughs> uh, get ready to dive in and enjoy oh and uh happy black history month everybody welcome welcome to blacks with blues uh this is your first time on blacks with blues you're actually the first person i've ever had featured as a co-host on blacks with blues so uh this is a pretty big deal um tell us a bit about yourself we've been friends for a while i guess i can briefly like explain how i know you uh we met through black lives matter and uh i know you're an artist i know you're really dope and you are black and young and gifted and you're passionate about the arts and uh, yeah, true. so that's a pretty good yeah. reason for you to be here, right? <laughs> um, well, uh, my name is Tay. Um, I am an artist. <laughs> um, I'm a musician uh, mainly, but I, uh, I dabble in acting and uh, visual art and poetry as well. Um, I'm working on some projects and uh, you guys will hear them soon at some point this year. So uh, be on the lookout. Keep your ears pressed to the street and uh yeah i'm actually really anxious to hear some of that singing i know you can sing but i don't hear you sing that often i heard you sing in the sound check and it was uh <laughs> it was pretty good but i'm just like when the hell can i hear more <laughs> like i want to hear more i think you asked me in the sound check like do i like crab apples or something like, like yeah, that i was like do you like yeah crab? i just like yeah i actually <laughs> yeah. do but uh yeah really good singing thank you thank really you, thank good you. singing we're not getting any of that on this podcast but you know <laughs> it's fine uh yeah so that's about it oh um i guess i guess i should talk about my influences um uh, i just lo i love black women um <laughs> that's really weird to say but that's one of my biggest influences black women um because i grew up around black women um i love black women i love black music especially from like the motown era um i really love prince he's my favorite like of all time um nothing can really trump prince for me um so i think that's basically some that sums up my uh my influences anything stemming from prince i love anything stemming from motown 60s 70s oh and Jimi hendrix forgot about him that's it I mean, but even you as a person, because every single time I ask people to um, speak on themselves, I feel like they undersell themselves so much. But everything you said was valid, of course. But uh, you literally embody all those people you just talked about. Like, you might as well be like the love child of like Prince and Janelle Monet and Jimi Hendrix and and people i know who know you have said this about you so it's funny because this it's like true. <laughs> this is true it's people have said that true. about me <laughs> people people have been like you know you're like this mix between frank ocean and prince and then when i say like i really like jimmy hendrix it's like there you go and like janelle monan it's just yeah so that's yeah okay yeah okay i am i am the love yeah. child of all these people <laughs> if these people just got into a into a bowl and made a soup i would be that soup <laughs> yeah so I'm glad you're here today because uh, this is going to be a really great episode, um, obviously because you're here, I'm here, and we always have amazing talks regardless of where we are or when we are, but uh, what brings us here today is the topic of black queerness in mass media and society, and I know I have a lot to say about it, I know you have a lot to say about it, but first off, I really just want to start off by asking you... Um, how do you define 
black queerness, you know, especially as someone who identifies as a black queer person? How do you define it? Um, I think, hmm, that is a hard question. I think that I, <laughs> it was really real to come off the back with. No, no, it, it's cool because I, I spent some time thinking about this um, uh, in the days leading up to this. And what I um, I think that um, I really like taking words at their base and taking mm. like the, the definition that uh, Webster gives to it, because I feel like oftentimes we as people in general just like make our own definitions and then you know as time changes words change um but i really like the original definition of the word queer Mm -hmm. um and i always have um and it means it's it means anomaly it means bizarre it means crazy it means curious it means demented it means Mm -hmm. um eccentric (laughs) um i think it means funny i think i I think i like those i think i like those those definitions um and queer meaning different. Okay. Queer meaning something that is not of the norm. Um, because I feel like that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what most queer people are. I feel like they're not of the norm. And the norm could be heterosexual or... Yeah. I feel like that's what queer okay. means to me. Just different. Just mm-hmm. not the norm. Yeah. What the about other, you, Justin? Basically, so to speak. I, it's funny because I definitely been coming to terms with just even identifying as queer, but also trying to figure out exactly what it means to me. And obviously being queer and black means completely different things to every queer black person. But for me, I root it really deeply into my artistry because I don't know this life without art and I don't know art without this life mm. so when it comes to my voice yeah that was pretty deep when i said it right yeah <laughs> okay but uh you know when i when i look into my life i'm also looking into the art i create because i create from that experience and a lot of who i am is rooted in my sexuality and who i consider myself as and what i present myself as as a human and really when I define it it's basically just my expression you know putting it into art or putting it into words even making stuff like this this podcast or even having conversations like these I I take all these things into consideration when I define queer especially there's a well what we're talking about today is black queerness so I guess I'm gonna say when I define black queerness But it goes hand in hand because black queerness is more like a branch into the world of queerness. But it's all still so valid because you can say I'm queer. But when you say I'm black and queer, that's a whole nother ballpark. It's a different experience for sure. That's like the difference between white feminism and black feminism, you know, different. uh, They're two different things. But yeah, basically for me, it's it's the combination of my art my passions my proclivities as you know a black individual who identifies as a queer person but um a lot of what i've learned about like queerness has come from the media it's almost like in this day and age well speaking from my point of view it's almost like learning how to be queer through the media because everything we pick up and see in you know mass media is programming us to think a certain way so when i see queer things in the media whether it be a twitter or facebook post you know 
or just anything that describes to you visually or through technology what it is to be queer, whether it's derogatory or not. And I say that mostly because, you know, I never really had anybody to teach me what queerness is. A lot of queer people don't have anybody as a role model to help them identify with their queerness and their truth and who they really are, you know? I went to private Christian school when I was younger and, you know, I never really learned anything about queerness there. But contrary to the popular, you know, belief, growing up in that as a queer individual, I never really like felt that overbearing ambiance of homophobia, mostly because they were just trying to teach us about the religion opposed to the homophobia that can be nested into it. But I remember even back then, you know, like looking at boys my age, you know, and not being 100% sure how I felt about them and not knowing how to address those feelings and not really knowing how to comfort myself and validate you know my preference at the time and I'll keep in mind I was super young like maybe not even like seven yet so I'm dealing with this in this setting of like Christianity trying to decide who I am and figure out who I am but at the same time not even internalizing it and thinking about it subconsciously I never really had that place to figure out who I was in my sexuality when I was younger than what I am now and it makes me think a lot of people don't even get that chance when they're in the Christian community. But you know, it is valid. A lot of people feel that when they are in those settings. I know a lot of people who have grown up, grown, grown up, I should say, in those settings and they feel that toxicity of homophobia, you know, surrounding them. But people get their footings from that. They grow from those experiences and they become, you know, the queer people that they are today, whether they are in denial about their queerness or that they accept it because of the backlash they suffer from. But um, have you ever experienced anything like that or homophobia in the church? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I grew up in church. Um, my, uh, I, I was raised by my uh, grandfather and grandmother for the most part. And uh, my grandfather was like one of the head deacons at this church. It was a Baptist church and uh, it was very conservative. Um, so I, I guess in the church, I never really experienced anything because I was, I was pretty young um, mm -hmm. and people <laughs> like I don't you didn't really wear right, a sign I didn't wear like a sign that said that hey, said, hey I'm, yeah I'm, 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 a, I'm me <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I think like outside of the church um, like that that um, reared its ugly head like within like my grandparents mm -hmm. at times because um, there was at some point where I would uh put on like this t-shirt over my head mm. and uh it, I, I treated it like it was a wig oh my god! Really like that too much me too <laughs> universal experiences i even yes. gave like myself a whole nother like name it was yep. very interesting they didn't really like that too much the they universal going, queer going experience like an yep. hour and they were like no mm. don't do that so <laughs> um in the church no i never really experienced anything super crazy um but i can say that to this day I don't like churches because I have the fear of experiencing that um, as well as other reasons why I don't like church but um, that is a reason um, I'm like I don't I don't want to go into church I don't want to be blackballed or looked at as an outcast for just being comfortable in my skin and it's not to say that I'm wearing 
a wig now or that I'm <laughs> this or that or I'm wearing heels. It's not to say that. And if people are doing that, that's perfectly fine too. And so I'm just saying that I'm not like super flamboyant or anything, but mm-hmm. I just... I just don't have the time for that. Like, I just, I'm good. I don't like explaining myself. I don't, I don't feel the need to. So I put myself in situations where I have to. Yeah, it's not what you personally identify as. Um, you know, you actually just came out to your grandma, <laughs> right? Um, um, do you want to talk about that? Mm. You don't have to if you don't want to. But uh, let me think. Do you want uh, to? I- I'll talk about it briefly. Um, I told her. <laughs> um, it was on January 4th, uh, 2017, at around 4 o'clock um, Eastern Standard Time. And, um, you know, I just, I had been wanting to tell her for a while, for a really long time. Um, and I, I told myself around, I want to say October. Um, I was like, hey, I'm just going to tell her, right? Because, um, you know, she's been with me my whole life, so I don't, like, what harm can be done here? Um, it's not, I mean, if she's going to kick me out, well, okay, I'm going to have to go live with somebody. But, you know, I'm like, it is what it is at this point. Um, I'm, I'm 20 years old. It's, it's time to stop hiding. It's time to be comfortable. And what's very interesting is that, um, I never really thought of myself as a queer person, as a gay person, as a bi person, as a anything other than Tay. That's it. Um, and, and I still don't really think about myself in those terms. I like queer. I like the word fluid. Um, but uh, I experienced this very interesting situation um, towards the summer and spring of last year. 2016 where I would I would go to these meetings with this organization called LGBT Detroit and they would have like these summits or these talk sessions every Tuesday about uh being queer uh basically just about being you know, queer. I remember that I think you invited I invited you to one, one and you were like mm. We just went to the park, but that this was because I was moving. But. This is true, right, right, right. Yeah, you didn't just say, mm, you, you, had, you had things to do, so it's fine. Um, but it's a really cool experience. So maybe about the time you mm-hmm. come back, they're up and running because they, they've got, like, their own property. So now they're, like, the first black LGBT organization in America to own property. Um, mm. And they were, like, one of the first black LGBT organizations in the country already. So good for them. Um, but so I would go to these summits every Tuesday. Um, and the, the, the president of the organization, uh, I think he's the president. I don't really know. He's one of the people who started it. He, um, he, he ran the sessions and he was like, mm-hmm. at that point I was the youngest person there in the sessions. Um, and he was like, you know, this is going to last, this is going to outlast me, this organization, this movement, um, because, because of people like you. Um, he looked at me uh, and then it was like another guy who was a little older than me, but you know, people like y'all. Um, and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Um, but then like the more I got comfortable, the more I realized, you know, 
there's work to be done in this. Like people need to be liberated. People need to tell their stories. People need to hear stories. People, people just need to feel like they're a part of something, um, a bigger community. So I got more comfortable than I told her. So <laughs> I guess that's it really. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a part of the human experience. You know, and it's funny. You said that the whole people need to feel like they're a part of something bigger and belong and, you know, tell their stories because essentially that's why i created this you know what i mean to have people on like you and even for myself to just be here and speak these stories and speak truth into you know who i am and what we believe in as black people as black people who like indie music as black people who are queer as black people who whatever you know it's just that's what we're here for um next thing i definitely want to talk about is homophobia in music now i've i've never really been the type to listen deeply into music when I was a kid. I just listened to it to listen to it. And plus when I listened to music, it was gonna be like Missy Elliott or Beyonce or Shaka Khan or like something like that. So as a kid, I was never really like privy to how homophobic certain types of music can be. Today I am thankfully, but uh, I feel like you have a deeper perspective into how homophobic it can so be. So this is, this is really interesting, right? So like, if I can go back to religion for like three seconds so I can like yeah. just tie this in. Um, so if you look at like Christianity specifically, religiously, um, in, in terms of religion, um, Christianity can be perceived as homophobic and can have homophobic tendencies in certain denominations. Um, and I don't really want to debate that right now because I'm not a religious scholar. Um, but uh, <laughs> what I do know and what I have seen is that and I've seen this with my own eyes is that like churches will condemn homosexuality or queerness or anything that isn't heterosexual, but then pay their musicians thousands of dollars to play every Sunday. Right. Because church, I mean, not, not church, but music is such a big part of church. Right. And um, especially black church. Yes. Especially black church. <laughs> um, and I was there was this. um interview with prince and he was talking about how he got into church or into religion because his music was very spiritual and very religious um and had like very religious undertones and so somebody was asking him about it and this is around the time he converted to jehovah's witnessing this was like in the late 90s and he was saying i didn't really like church he grew up as a seventh day adventist i think that's how you say that <laughs> um and they're they're very strict um but he said that music is what turned him on to church he went to church for the music he liked he liked it and that's what kept him there um and music keeps people in church um especially if they're musicians especially if they want to learn more about it uh, i know that the church i grew up in though they didn't give me music lessons i don't know why they didn't do that <laughs> um, they didn't get, they gave it to some other people um but you know like it kept these people in the church like it kept these kids there uh, i gave the kids in the choir something to do um and it kept people in a community essentially um you know so that's interesting and then, like if you think about what happened with the whole hidden fig hidden figures kim burrell thingy um where she said what she said at her church and then she later said maybe we need to take away cameras from people or phones at the door i think her shirley caesar said that and i was like nah bruh can't do that um okay but um homophobia in music in general outside of the church um i think if we look at things like 
rap or hip hop. Uh, there is a rhyme by Nas, a lyric, and I don't remember it at the moment. And I really like Nas, but <laughs> this line is like, "Y'all change styles like faggots" or something crazy like that. Um, like things like that where men, um, usually, because I don't really see it in female rappers um but mm-hmm. men uh, you see more misogyny in women who rap right yeah yes not all women um but. but so the guys will just say things like they'll say the word faggot or they'll say the word gay um and they won't they're not using it in like a in a loving in a loving way <laughs> um and you know it's like and it's not necessarily condemning it but it's not it's just them saying it to to feel mm-hmm. up space, kind of kind of the way they use the word bitch or hoe, and mm-hmm. yeah. See, I always thought the important thing to remember when like listening to rap and then like reading into like when they say derogatory words like bitch, hoe, trick, you know, faggot, gay, whatever. When we hear that, like you have to remember how deep hip hop is, and I'm not saying deep as in like content, how deep it goes back into black culture because that's. A large part of black culture is hip-hop but when you look back into the beginnings of hip-hop who were these poets who were lyrically telling their stories these weren't necessarily people who were open to the black queer community especially just queerness at all these were people who were still trying to get liberations for them liberation liberation excuse me for themselves as just black people who were trying to express their stories so they weren't necessarily open to queer people's rights or even women's rights or even respecting them i'm not saying every rapper but just you know the birth of hip-hop was simultaneous with you know queer people not even being able to be accepted within their and own I communities think that, like in its beginning stages it it could come off very homophobic but i think currently hip-hop is in a very interesting state <clears throat> in terms of like gay relations queer relations because yeah it is i think last week Chance the Rapper's brother came out as gay yeah, or bi. He did. Um, yeah, he came out as bi. I love Mahoney, the guy who made Going Up on a Tuesday. He came out as gay. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he came out as gay last week. Um, and he got some backlash for it, but not a lot of backlash. It was just like, it was. I think it was Joe Budden. He tweeted out, he was the only one who, who didn't know he was gay. And I was like, um, hmm. Delete. Hmm. <laughs> um, um, but hmm. but I mean I think currently we're at a good a good place. Um, yeah. But I mean you know you know it's just it's just interesting when like you think about hip hop and homophobia because wh- what I automatically think of is Eminem <laughs> because Eminem was notorious for just dropping the word faggot in every song. Yeah. And it was. <laughs> It's quite ridiculous. Like, there's a song that he came out with, like, in 2011 or 10 or something like that called um, Cold Wind Blows. And I actually like the song. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like a guilty pleasure um, because it's really catchy. And even, like, the line is catchy. So he's, let me think. Um, Let me think of the line. He says something like, um... Like Elton John, because I'm just a mean cocksucker. Um, and it's kind of funny and it's kind of witty. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I'm still like, oh, okay. Like when I first heard it, I'm like, what? Okay. You know, and the <laughs> funny part to that is I was actually listening to Unity by Queen Latifah the other day. And I think one of the most interesting parts of that song, you know how it goes. Um, 
Don't call a woman a bitch or a hoe Trying to make a sister feel low You know all that has got to go Um, And I think it's interesting Because there's a part of the song where she said But you know there's exceptions to this game When we playing you know it's cool and it's fine And that's basically to say You know if you respect me And I know we're you know friends Family and uh, You know you're not trying to call me out my name Then it's cool it's fine But you know if you're trying to disrespect me you know actually call me out my mm-hmm. name then it's not fine and uh i was actually out with this group of people one time it was a guy and two girls and they were both in the back seat and i got in the car and mm-hmm. uh he was like uh all right let's go bitches <laughs> and i'm like uh <laughs> you know okay. i'm like uh you just gonna come out and blatantly say it like that and i guess if you have that understanding um you know you do that and if you have an understanding that you know i would never disrespect you i would never call you out your name it's cool but me i'm just not that type of person you know i grew up with like all women in my life so like the word the word just doesn't suit me and it doesn't like necessarily it doesn't necessarily like it's not my niche at the end of the day it's just not so yeah but you know go ahead i just think that it's in that position Mm -hmm. the word gay or faggot or whatever it's in that position where like okay like like if my close friend like wants to come and say hey you faggot like oh hey what's up but you know (laughs) but you know because i I can agree with you know because i know it's just like it's whatever and plus like words don't really affect me that much you know if i know it's coming from like a place in your soul where you're really trying to affect me and say some like nasty horrendous stuff to me then we got a problem. Yeah. But you know, if it, you know, if it's you, like, hey, what's up, faggot? Like, what's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I guess so. like to an extent, I can agree with that on the hip hop side, um, because I feel like there are like, as I said before, that hip hop is moving in like a very interesting direction where you know there are people who, like, uh, who Young Thug, I think, yeah, Young mm-hmm. Thug, um, who wears skirts um, and dresses. His Young Thugger. Bugga, bugga. I love that. Um, <laughs> his he said one of his influences is Prince, and he calls um, he calls his friends his babies, and I'm like that's very interesting. Though I think he's really problematic. Outside of that, that I think that's pretty cool. Um, but so if we were to like get off of hip hop and just think about like other genres, um, I'm a really big fan of reggae. I didn't know that. Yes, I am a really big fan of reggae. Bob Marley is one of my influences. Forgot to say that, but I love Bob Marley a lot. Um, But um, if, you know, the listeners didn't know, Jamaica is a very, can be very dangerous for queer folks. Um, Gay people die there and no one cares. Mm. They'll just say, well, they shouldn't have been gay. Um, There was... There is a show on Vice called Gaycation, and in the first season they went to Jamaica, and um, <clears throat> and there was a lady who talked about how she was raped, and kidnapped, and continually gang raped and raped for I don't know how long because it was it was sad. So <laughs> I was like, I'm not going mm-hmm. hold this in. Yeah. But um, when she went to the authorities, they said, Well, you shouldn't you shouldn't like women. This is your fault, basically. Um, and that's, I'm, and I'm not trying to say that that's every Jamaican's point of view. Because yeah, of course. The Jamaicans I know are actually queer. Yeah. Um, and they're like not fresh off the boat, but you know, like they're from Jamaica, like not second generation, but like first generation. 
immigrants from Jamaica um, who are queer. And I guess um, in America, they can be more comfortable in that identity. Um, but still, they still have some reservations about it. They can't completely be comfortable with it the way that you and I are. Um, but, you know, it's a work in progress. But there, it's 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 a difficult place to be if you're queer. Um, and that's coming from me looking in, but also coming from them. Um, and so I really love reggae. And I, I can't think of a song where Bob Marley says something home. Well, mm, never mind. There is a song, but there is a song, but I don't know if that's, I don't know the lyrics right now, so I'm not going to mention it. Anyway, um, there, what's the name of the song? Oh God. It's, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh God. It's on his, well, ca- you heard it here first people, Bob Marley out there somewhere. He has one song that has a slightly homophobic lyric. Oh God. It's, it's on his album called Catch a Fire. Um, and, okay. and I think it's like, I think the lyrics say something like the women are dressing like men. Uh, men are dressing like women. They're dressed in the confusion, something about illusion, something like that. Um, I think that's it's something like that. And, um, and so when I was listening to this uh, album, I had heard that there was a song like this out there, but I'm like, I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to ruin my idea of this man because I think he's a genius. Um, but then it came on and I was like, oh, okay. Well, didn't have to look very far for it. Um, but outside of Bob Marley, because Bob Marley isn't all of reggae, um, there are songs that have lyrics that are talking about killing gay folks in Jamaica. I mean, killing gay folks in reggae. Um, and I know there is a term that is used called batiman, um, which I don't know what it means exactly, but it is a derogatory term used um, to shame gay people in Jamaica, sim- similar to the word faggot. Um, and people like Elephant Man and oh, there's somebody, I think Beanie Man, maybe? Um, like, because also in this Vice episode, they interviewed one of those people and they were like, we just don't agree with it. Um, I ain't got nothing against, you know, what they doing, but I just don't agree with it. That's not a Jamaican accent. <laughs> oh, I just I just I just looked it up. So it's in Jamaican English and Creole. Bati boy, also known as Bati boy, Bati man and Chichi boy man is a, a projective term for a gay or effeminate man. But that's what Google says. Oh, so. okay. So, so if you th- believe Google? <laughs> no, no, no. That no. That that's um. That's that. That's the uh, the definition. <laughs> um, mm. um, from what from what I've been told. Um, so yeah. Um, so so reggae can be very peaceful and very peace loving, but um, reggae hall and dance hall and reggae um, can be very much the homophobic. Um, and if you dive into some of these songs, um, you might hear some stuff about people dying. So be careful. <laughs> um, and and I want to talk about Kanye West for a little bit um, mm-hmm. because I know so many people hate him, but I really like Kanye West. Um, minus his craziness, I really love his music, and he's been one of my favorite rappers forever. <laughs> Um, but you know what? I really want to say this really quick before we get into Kanye. Everybody has their own crazy. 
and it's just annoying because I've seen over the process of 2016 and even the year before that how we persecute black people who are like prominent in society and have all this light on them one of my favorite interviews ever by uh joe scott um it's a breakfast club interview it's the second one uh if you look it up it's the one where she has like short curly natural hair opposed to longer straight weave she is on there and she's talking about that exactly um and specifically bill cosby because she was really close with bill cosby bill cosby was one of the first men to ever come to her from philly and just say hey let me share some knowledge with you let okay. me you know tell you about you know just things just share things with you and spread some light so uh she was really close and when they started to talk about bill cosby she didn't want to speak that much on him but what she did say is this we persecute black men so harshly in the society and that made me think about how hard we persecute black queer men in this society and but for instance people like uh i think one of the members of the beatles was like a crazy uh guy elvis i know he liked him on the younger side just people like that but we don't persecute those people because those are the people we are taught to idolize through socialization you know what i mean so we rarely get to see those positive figures that are black people but um i i think i understand clearly now that when you're in that light like Kanye West no matter what Kanye West does no matter what Bill Cosby does no matter what any prominent black male figure in society or media does it's going to be up under some type of scrutiny Barack Obama whoever you want to you know call out as a black person who is you know prominent in our society and media no matter what they do is going to be under scrutiny simply because of who they are and at first i really didn't i never really experienced that never heard it anywhere before but you know i have to take into consideration for myself that these people are human you might idolize a bill cosby or a beyonce or a kanye but you have to remember at the end of the day all men and women have their proclivities we are all human and we all fuck up at the end of the day and you know i'm not condoning what bill cosby has done i'm not condoning you know the crazy shit that kanye says but we look at these people from afar as spectacles and then we just throw these these derogatory terms and opinions on them like they're not actually humans and they don't have the room to be flawed and imperfect and if you want to think about it in this way that's the same exact thing we do with queer people from afar which is you know why ever since i've seen that that interview with jill scott i've always been looking and paying more attention into how we persecute these black figures in society queer or not queer it's all pretty much the same because we're still being hateful in that same interview she said um something about alan iverson she was in philly one day and she saw how kids were wearing his jersey and she thought to herself that man is in trouble hmm. and mm -hmm. i understand that now because when you have so many people sensationalizing you and rooting for you and idolizing you as a famous person especially when you're black there's not much room to make mistakes because if you make that one mistake if you're caught with that one little thing on you if you know like how uh kendrick says if shit hit the fan is you still a fan that's true when it hits the fan you know as a black person who's you know famous in society or whatever you are yeah you exactly. might not have any people left for you after yeah, shit hits the fan exactly. you know um the song Don't by fuck up <laughs> we do the song by bob marley is uh, called midnight ravers um the lyrics um are uh 
you can't tell the woman from the man no uh i say you can't because they're dressed in the same pollution um anyway so on to kanye midnight rivers bob marley that's what that was um okay so um early on in his career um kanye like took a stance against homo homophobia in rap music Mm -hmm. and this is kind of probably the reason why i love him so much um because he did that and i remember watching this interview early on because this interview was in 2005 it was between him and sway on mtv Mm -hmm. in the interview uh kanye was like i don't remember exactly what prompted this question or what prompted his response but basically it was about homophobia and rap music and he was addressing it and he said you know how can i not love gay people because they're people and he said my cousin is gay mm-hmm. and if my cousin is gay i love my cousin how can i not love you know other gay people yeah um and so i thought that was really powerful because he made he made this normal in a sense like he was like well like they're people nonetheless and this hits close to me in some way so no i don't hate gay people i can't be homophobic i'm you know and that's very interesting and um and i think a few years ago he he later said something similar to that or not he didn't mention his cousin this time but he mentioned that um that homophobia and rap music just gotta stop because uh, gay people and queer people are treated like how blacks were treated um during before the civil rights era and still today um he said something like that i'm paraphrasing so don't quote me on that but he said something to the effect of that Mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah that that's what i have to say about um mr west one last thing i did want to talk about before we got into some music was uh uh masculinity we touched on it a little bit but when it comes to masculine I, I talked to you about this the other day when it comes to masculinity and then being black and queer as a man I, as you know a black queer person who identifies as a male i can't really speak so much about black queerness within the feminine community just like as a female who is black and queer i can't mm-hmm. speak too much truth to that because I, I don't live that truth but what i can say about masculinity when it's you know in juxtaposition with black queerness is which this always resonates with me because i just came to terms with this back when i was in high school my mom would always be like really concerned about me for the fact that she didn't want anybody to like harm me in the uh, form of a hate crime and i remember you know like when i came home and i would tell her sometimes that you know people were trying to mess with me after school and i walk home people were following me or whatever i tell her and you know my mom is not like a super emotional lady she's like a rock so i remember one time back in high school she started to tear up a little bit and she was like i just don't want anybody to perform a hate crime against you and at the time i was like why would anybody perform a hate crime against me unless they just hated me but it wasn't until like a couple years ago i realized i was like oh when you said hate crime you meant hate because of like my sexual preference that apparently you knew about at the time but i couldn't even accept at the time you know back then i thought you know oh hate crime you mean just hate because they're hateful people and they just hate me because i'm hating on you hating on your shine i just thought i just thought they was trying to hate on the shine (laughs) but (laughs) in actuality you know they were trying to you know do this because they assumed that was a certain type of way which you know but um that whole that whole thing always like really resonated with me in uh, juxtaposition with 
how my mom would always say, you know, I don't want you to be seen as that super flamboyant, you know, uh, eccentric person. And I would be that way even if I didn't identify as queer. I mean, you've seen me. Look at look at me. <laughs> so even if I didn't identify as a queer black person, I would still identify as an eccentric ass artistic motherfucker. So um, <laughs> that's just me. But, you know, when she said eccentric and flamboyant, you know, it was I felt like it was kind of, you know, I'm cool. I love my mom to death, but I felt like it was slightly like an attack on my masculinity. Like, you know, black queer people can't be black and queer or just queer, nevertheless, without being gaudy or flamboyant or, you know, fabulous or feminine or whatever. Like, make no mistake, you know, I identify as a queer person, but at the end of the day, I'm still a man. And you have no right to question my masculinity. Now, when I define masculinity, what does that mean? Well, it's simply just me being in touch with who I am and my gender. Now, if you want to go deep into it and what that means, you know, I don't look at gender like, oh, you know, well, I'm a man. I wear pants. I have a penis. I can impregnate people. No, it's, it's deeper than that. It's a part of it's, you know, what I attribute to masculinity, actually. I attribute a lot of it to lineage and legacy. A lot of who I am as a man is because of who my dad was, who my brothers are, who my grandfather was, who his father was. And even though I don't necessarily know my great, great, great grandparents, or even my great grandparents on my father's side, I still attribute who I am as a black man who is queer to them, even though, you know, they might not have necessarily even been queer or accepting of queer people. I won't know. But um, it's it's a hard thing to define masculinity i always say i have a poem out there somewhere i don't know where it is but i remember saying at one point when i was writing poems a lot masculinity also fragile because it is (laughs) it is because men they get so offended even if you like oh nigga you gay you know that's a common like thing thrown around in the street to make like men feel like oh maybe i shouldn't be doing this because he just called me gay it's so fragile but at the same time i also think it's fragile because how the hell do we even define this like what is it aside from just being you know a person with a penis what is it really is it integrity is it you know strength and i'm not talking about that you know toxic type of type of strength where men don't cry men don't feel men don't express their emotions like no fuck that i'm a man and i'm black and i'm emotional as a lot of people know <laughs> you know and it it doesn't like stop there it goes on and on but uh yeah i was gonna ask you about black masculinity then i went off into a rant so hey no 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 it's, it's cool feel? it's cool um so i've been dealing with this um for the last couple of days and I'll explain why um I matched with this guy on tinder who is really it was really attractive um and we started communicating or whatever he's really cool um but in his profile it said I'm looking for a discreet masculine guy or something like that it probably didn't say discreet but it definitely did say masculine i know that i did see that and i wanted to be and i want to be and i'm still and i'm going to do this in the next 48 hours be like hey what does masculine mean right (laughs) um i love it 
I love it. Trying to get on some deep shit through Tinder. That's amazing. Legit. Because I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, because I guess me personally, I don't believe in masculine. I don't believe in masculinity. I don't believe in femininity. I don't believe in it. It's not something that I believe in. Now, what I do believe in, I believe in positive and in negative. I believe in checks and balances. I believe in black and white. I believe in these things. Um, because in science and in nature, things need to be checked and balanced. There needs to be negative neutrons, needs to be positive pros, protons. Mm -hmm. There needs to be these things for the universe to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so if you think about that, or the way I think about it at least, is that, okay, so there's men and women, right? Um, somebody has to impregnate or whatever. Somebody has to carry the sperm, this, that, right? Plus, minus, negative, positive, checks, balance, right? Mm -hmm. I like that definition, but I don't. I don't like the idea of masculine masculinity. Um, and so, the, so dictionary.com defines masculinity as pertaining to that of a man, boldness, strength. That's absolute bullshit. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, not at all. I just. I guess for me, masculinity just doesn't serve a purpose. Neither does femininity. Um, I just like... I just think people need to be them. They need to stop trying to fit into these boxes that say you're this or you're that, right? Um, and just be who you are, right? Like, the whole thing with no fats, no femmes. Why? Why can't people just, like, why can't people just be who they are? Mm -hmm. Fit into your box. Yeah, I feel I that. I just, it's just not something that I agree with. Yeah, um, I agree. And that's not to say that your point isn't valid about lineage. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's interesting that a lot of times when you think about lineage, or not you, but just people in general, um, think about lineage, they only, even in science, they only trace your DNA through men. And they claim that it can only be traced through men. But I don't. I don't know if that's true. I just feel like since we live in a patriarchal society, they don't really care to trace it through women. So, um, I don't know. When I think of my lineage, I don't think of men. I think of just people. Um, and I think, especially when I think of my lineage in terms of sexuality, I only think of women, which is really weird. Um, no, you know, you know, that's really, really interesting, actually. Uh, what you said about attributing your masculinity just back to people because I didn't even say that growing up with just primarily women you know I lost my dad when I was like 11 so like the rest of my life was me being raised by a series of women whether it be my grandmother my mom my aunts whatever my sister you know having hands in my life I definitely attribute my masculinity back to femininity mm, at the end that's of the day. interesting so I didn't say that but yeah continue um and, and it's interesting because I didn't I didn't lose my father um, I grew up with my father, and I think I started living with my father around the time I was like nine or ten. Um, so that's really interesting because you lost yours at eleven. I started living with mine around ten, um, and so I like my teenage years were with my father, and I was an older brother, and my father really stressed me being a man me being a man's man me learning how to fix things learning how to do this that learning how to raise a family being a man not being feminine and it was a very interesting time for me <laughs> um because I, I 
he was like, you, you got to play football. And I'm like, I want to sing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I want to I I play piano. I want to do this. Yep. I want to do that. Yep. I want to draw. I want to, you know. So. Um, Same. And I think that was a bit of to- toxic masculinity, even though I made it through that situation. Um, yes. It, w- it was it was toxic. It was toxic. It was. It was it was it was interesting. Um, but I don't I don't attribute my masculinity to my father or him trying to give me that. Um, I think in spite of whatever he was trying to do, um, I'm still me. (laughs) Um, Because I just don't feel like masculinity really exists. It's this idea that we have and we want it because we feel like it's right or we feel like that's what people want. And I was talking to a friend of mine about women and about how, so my friend is uh, queer. and she dates um, studs for the most part. She mm-hmm. dates studs and trans men. Okay. Um, that's kind of her type. Um, it is her type. Like we've talked about this and we've, <laughs> we've determined this is her type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, yeah, that's her type. Mm-hmm. And um, that's cool. And I think we're having this conversation about something. And she mentioned that somebody called her feminine and she got really upset about that because Hmm. even as as much of a feminist as she is she still she doesn't like being called feminine Mm. and i thought that was really interesting that is and i was like maybe you should think about that like why you don't like that (laughs) because i don't know like maybe there's something deeper there um and in my sociology class, they said the worst thing you can... My teacher, my professor, said the worst thing you can do to a man is call him feminine. That's the truth. Just call him a bitch, call him a pussy, call him anything that, that is relating to that of a woman. Yep. Which men come from. I don't, you know, like, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Anything relating to a woman, it it's wrong. It demeans him. Mm-hmm. It demeans him. It's wrong. Um, that's the worst thing you can do to a man. But I think if you call, you know, a woman masculine in some way, I don't think it really bothers them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Depending but I don't on really the woman, think women, I guess. ladies, um, really care <laughs> I don't know. much. I'd have to I ask. don't think they put as much stress on it as women. I don't know. Ladies, tweet us at Blacks with Blues. Let us know your thoughts on this situation. Do you care more so to be called feminine or masculine? Which is your preference? I don't know. Um, I think we should get into some music. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Go <laughs> and ahead. And then we'll get back into part two of our conversation because we still have to talk about um, television and film and just so many more aspects to being black and queer. I feel like this first segment was just us identifying it masculinity and homophobia and religion and things like that so you brought a lot of cool tracks with you and i think it's a good time to jump into those so uh yeah let's jump in it and we'll be back my boyfriend saved me my mother's homophobic i'm stuck in the closet i'm so claustrophobic i just won't help if my best friend's racist my mother's homophobic i'm stuck in the closet i'm so claustrophobic I just wanna know shit, while well, we all love Young Thug. Miserable America, assassinate my character. Miserable America, assassinate my character. I don't care. I don't care. 
boyfriend hates me Won't let me be his parents Says my skin might scare He's not afraid of my parents Feel like jumping off the building Feel like saying fuck your parents On the film And I know they never were They love gays But they hate niggas What else are we to do Rather than talk and paint a picture I told that nigga Before I even tried to tell myself I wish you thought of me The way you thought about yourself Hella hell Wish I'm well I don't care no more I don't care no Save me from this life. 
finna fall. Woo. I tell that bitch to come come for me. Come for me. I swear these niggas is under me. Hey. The hate and the devil keep jumping me. Jumping me. Back rolls on me, keep me company. Hey, we did the most, most. Yeah, pull up and goes. Yeah, my diamonds a choker. Ah. Holding up, I with no holster. Ah. Read the ruler, diamond cooler. Cooler. This a roller, not a mula. Hey. Dabbing on them like the usual. Magic with the brick do voodoo. Court side with a bad bitch. Then I send the bitch through Uber. I'm young and rich and plus I'm bougie. I'm not stupid, so I keep the Uzi. Packets on records, got packets on packets, so my money making my back. You niggas got a low act rate. We from the north, yeah, that way. Back cookie blunt in the ashtray. You bitches just national smash track. Hop in the lamp, have a drag race. I let them birds take a bath bath. Raindrop, drop top, drop top, smoking no cook in the hot box. religion uh, mostly christianity because we couldn't really get too expansive with that one mostly because we don't really know <laughs> what goes on outside of the religions that we have experienced um homophobia in music uh reggae and hip-hop and we also went over black masculinity on part two of this episode we're gonna dig even deeper into what black queerness is and how it's i don't want to say how it's practiced but uh how it's depicted in mass media and society so we're going to dig into movies we're going to dig into television shows and we're also going to speak on black transness and the american society because it's a very dangerous position to be in uh in america black and trans statistically you're one of the most uh vulnerable people to hate crimes so uh we're gonna dig deep into a lot of that stuff but have no fear it's black history month and we're also gonna get deep into black queer figures of the past and today and our allies the people who care for us who stand out there on the battlegrounds with us fighting for our rights so there's a lot to still speak on so don't be mad that this is ending you just have to go to part two 
If you haven't already, check out our website, blacksubblues.com, our Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram. We're pretty much on all social media platforms. Uh, we went over a lot of stuff today, and I think I threw in a couple times. Tweet us if you felt a certain type of way about anything we talked about. If you felt like we left something out, anything. If you just want to talk about what we talked about with us, we're all on Twitter. We all see it. So uh, just tweet us. We'll see it, and we'll have this conversation and keep it going. want to make it as inclusive as possible and keep it interactive with you, the listener. So until you hear from me next, which will be part two, this is what it sounds like to be black with the blues. Just one.